Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Okay, good morning, everyone. It's always encouraging when you get clapped before you speak. It's often what comes at the end, where the speaker knows whether they've been well received or not. But I mean, it's a great privilege, as Al has introduced me. My name's uh, Des Brown. I am part of the welcome team here, so I've seen many of your faces And it's great to have the opportunity to speak this morning. I know as a church, we're on a series called Jesus Acts. And it's very much about how, you know, God through his son Jesus still speaks into the church after he's died and resurrected and he's gone to heaven. And and, and the truth is, Jesus still speaks into our lives now. And so the hope is over the course of the next 20, 25 minutes, if we believe that, then God will begin to speak into lives even here this morning. We've got a real sense of God's presence even as we was worshipping. And, you know, there's this scripture that came to me as I was standing there worshipping that the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know what, I could really do with some freedom in my world, in my life. But I want to tell you that freedom is accessible in the name of Jesus by his spirit right here today. So I just want to pray that God will lead me because we're talking about courage, having courage, and, you know, I'm feeling quite nervous. I haven't spoken for a while, so do pray for me as we're praying. Amen? So, Father, we want to thank you, Lord, even as we're here this morning. We know that nothing is possible unless you do it, Lord. And so, Father, there are uh, hundreds of people here, Lord God, and, and they've come with various different challenges, expectations, desires, passions, And so, Father, we pray right now that your spirit, even now, begins to move. Even as Al just referenced at the time of worship, there were people just encountering God. Just to pin in that for a moment as, God, you're going to speak. And when you speak, you speak with spirit and life. We speak life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I was a youth pastor for 13 years in East London, Um, employed, which is a great privilege when you're employed to do the very thing you're passionate about and you love. And it was in that period, back in 2006, I was approached by a police officer who'd heard of my story. And uh, my story, as Al referenced, is in a book called Convicted or Condemned. And it's it's, it's a phrase that I've used because often when you think about the judicial system, the criminal justice system, you can easily be convicted And often, if you're not careful, you can feel condemned like there's no hope. And so it is as well, I think, in life when we come to God, sometimes we can feel convicted by God's Spirit. So maybe this morning while you're here, you'll feel a prod of God in you and it will convict you. And maybe it will convict you to respond. Maybe it will convict you about an area in your world that God's saying, I want you to address, respond to, act on. That's a conviction. But you know what? The Bible's very clear as well that There is no condemnation in Christ. And you may be here and you look at your life and you look at the complexities of what goes on in your world and the stuff that you've processed and you've gone through. You know, sometimes you might look at yourself and feel that you're not good enough or you're a failure and you can feel condemned. But there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That walk not after the things of this world, but after God. And maybe you're here deep down in your heart, even though you're battling with stuff in life, but the truth is, You want Jesus. You want God, the truth of who God is. And that's the the phrasing uh, convicted or condemned. And I'm just really honest in the 
book about how I came to Christ. wasn't brought up in a Christian home in any way. My mum was an atheist. My dad was a Christian when he was in Jamaica, came over here, backslid, um, as they call it. He fell away, as it were, from the faith. But then, you know, God's always got a plan. I'm also, as been mentioned, I started this program, Spark to Life, which stands for sharing positive and relevant keys to life. And the ultimate aim, really, is it was an award-winning charity back in 2007, but we support young people to navigate life's challenges. We share positive and relevant keys to prevent harm and promote life. That's what we're about, preventing harm and promoting life. And we have about 30 full-time workers across nine different boroughs in London. We also work in Buckinghamshire, a little bit in Essex and in Kent. And we work with what we would call medium to high-risk offenders. So those individuals that you may hear about in the news or in the community that are involved in uh, county lines, uh, I use this in quotes, gangs, etc. They're the individuals that we really feel that God has called us as an organization to work with, journey with, and reach. Because ultimately, God loves everybody. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And uh, I'm passionate about that. I'm also a trained therapist in person-centered therapy, and that comes through a lot of what we do. And really, even this morning, one of the things I'm fascinated about when I look at Christianity, I look at us in our humanity, and then I see people engage Christ in their spirituality and looking at the intersections between what goes on in our world and our humanity and how much we may need help through personal development and, and wanting to get ahead in life. But ultimately, there's only certain things God can do. And when our spirit comes alive to God and God reaches in, it brings a transformation. And I can truly say my life is a living testimony of how somebody was far from God, caught up in violent crime, um, and sadly ended up taking someone's life. There was a soldier, the dad was a policeman in Scotland Yard. This was in 1990. It was all over the national news. And my life very much was going to be a statistic. There was no hope for me. And even when I came out on bail, I got involved in more criminal activity. I got stabbed twice. I remember going home, mum's crying, dad's crying, saying, what are you doing to the family? You're destroying it. And I couldn't receive love in my life at that time. But you see, there's a person called Jesus. He stepped into my world. And I remember being in a church and responding to a message of who's done wrong in their life. And I thought, do you know what? If anyone's done wrong here, it's me. And I remember responding. And what was significant is at the end, when I kind of said this prayer, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of what I've done. And I kind of turned up to church. I had my hair when I had hair then in twists and you know, trousers rolled up and bandanas and, you know, all loud and lively. But yet, God humbled me. And I remember this woman crying, saying, we've been praying for you, we've been praying for you. For the first time, I saw the love of God. I thought, this woman doesn't know me. She knows what I've done, and yet, she's praying for me. And that set the trajectory of my life. And so this morning, as we're here, we're talking about courage. Courage to share the story of what God has done in our lives. Courage to be a witness and represent. And if we can go to the first scripture, courage to be able to talk about what God is doing in our lives, etc. And so the first scripture that's going to come up is from Acts 1.8. And it talks about, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that we can be a witness. And a witness is someone who's seen and heard something is going to testify about it. 
And so when we're praying for the Spirit of God this morning, there may be various different reasons, but one of the key components is that you and I as believers, and maybe there's people here that are on the journey or exploring or questioning, you know, is this God real? And, but ultimately, when God gets a hold of your life, you begin to see what he can do and what he has done. And he brings that transformation so that we can be a witness. Because to be courageous... Often we have to confront danger. We have to confront the things that we're scared of, like the fear or the difficulty, situations that you and I will have to navigate every day of our lives. And some people may need courage just to get up. Some people may need courage to go to work. Some people may have needed courage even to come into church today. And some of that is within our own resilience, within our own strength. But there's a courage that God by his spirit can put on us so that we can be a witness for who he is and for what he has done. And that's the kind of courage I want to speak about today. That maybe you're here and there's things in your world and you're thinking, is this going to be possible to confront this difficulty? It could be a relationship. It could be financial. Is it possible to confront what can be seen as a danger? I remember when I first became a Christian, I was... I had a lot of enemies, by the way. Um, and when I first became a Christian, I remember standing in Tottenham and there was this, out the corner of my eye, I saw this guy running down the street towards me and he had his hood up and he had his hand in his pocket and he was bouncing up and down as if he was going to pull out something and hit me. And I remember in my courageousness, by the grace of God, I turned around and I said to him, hey, you're... And he had this tag name called Nikaji. And I said, you're Nikaji from prison. I'd conflict with him when I was in Felton prison many many years ago and I said I'm sorry if I've done anything to offend you but I said I've changed I'm now a Christian I remember putting out my hand and him looking at me what seemed like minutes but it wasn't it's was probably like 20 seconds probably processing in his mind this guy is mad this guy makes no sense but what he done was he took out his hand out of his pocket and thank God there was nothing in it and he shook my hand and we began to talk, and I, I began to find out that some of the stuff that I understand more now than I did then of him being in care and him being caught up in lives, lifestyles of criminal activity that didn't condone what he'd done, but influenced the choices that he made. Remember another time doing that, because obviously when you want to be courageous for Jesus, you want to be a witness, you've got to forgive people. Remember going up to a bus central station in Walthamstow, going up to somebody else, as I said, I had a lot of enemies that I had conflict with, went up to them and I said to them, look, my friend, I'm sorry if I've done anything to offend you. And I put up my hand and I said, I'm now a Christian and I'm all about forgiveness. So I put my hand out. The person looked me up and down, kissed their teeth and walked away. At that point, I wanted the ground to swallow me up because I felt so small. But you see, the pride began to die and it wasn't about me, it was about Jesus. And maybe there's people here and there's, there's conflicts that you've had and you've got to find it within yourself. Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able to forgive? Because there's something powerful in forgiveness. See, who am I to hold anything against anyone if God's forgiven me? There's this scripture that says, he that has been forgiven of a lot forgives much. Him that has been forgiven of little forgives little. The power of the cross, the power of redemption is the realisation and the revelation that actually God has forgiven us of so much and once we catch that revelation, it releases this love in us to be so gracious and so kind. 
And so there's some of the dangerous things that maybe we need courage. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're thinking, you know, there's fears in your world. I remember going on mission when I was a youth pastor taking young people. And actually one of the people here, I'm not going to get them to stand up, but we don't like heights. I remember being on mission and we're walking across rope bridges, which you're way, 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 way above the trees. Though I didn't need God's Holy Spirit to help me do that. I made the decision, but I did need courage to be able to do it. And I remember feeling anxious, nervous, shaking. And the truth is, there's that, again, that intersection between what can you do in your humanity, but what is it you need God to do in your Christianity by the power of his spirit to propel you into the very thing that God has called us to do, and that is to be a witness. And so as we begin to look at what it really means to be courageous, and we look at the, the next scripture, uh, slide two, and uh, as we begin to see this in Acts 4.20, the backdrop to this is Peter and John in Acts 3 had healed this person who was lame and was at the temple. And uh, in healing them, they created uproar amongst the religious people um, because who are they to stand in what would be called the name of Jesus and to do this miracle? And what they said in this scripture says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What? their prayer was, what their request was, is they felt threatened. And the truth is, you and I, when we go to work tomorrow, when we go to college, when we go uni, even when we go home, we're probably not threatened with our lives about Jesus. You know, the truth is, if I went into work and I started telling everybody, because not everybody in my organization are Christians, and I started preaching about Jesus for argument's sake, no one's probably going to come and arrest me and cart me off to prison and beat me. But what I may feel is they may think I'm a bit weird. Or, well, to be fair, in my work, they probably think I'm weird anyway, but just on top of that. Um, but they may feel, I don't really like this guy. I don't want to talk to this guy. He's always preaching the gospel. And so we need to use wisdom in what we share. But what I can share is what I've seen and heard Jesus has done. I can be a witness. And so when you think about the intersections in your own world, in your own life, what would stop you, even when we're coming up to Lent or you're fasting, would you talk about what you're doing in the name of Jesus to create the conversation? Or would you be more concerned that actually people may see you different, people may not like you, people may think you're a bit weird? Because I'm sure they thought Paul was weird. I'm sure they thought Peter was weird and John was weird. And the challenge for us is we're asking God by his spirit that he will give us that courage to be a witness. And this is it's interesting because when you look at that text, it goes on to say that when they heard that the religious people had released them, the disciples were praying and they said, and now, O oh Lord, and this is in Acts 4.20, we haven't got the scripture, so don't worry, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness to preach your word. You see, we need courage when we feel there's danger when we feel there's a threat, when things are difficult. And ultimately, we're all here, yes, because we want to do well in life, because some people, this is why we're not here to smuggle our way into heaven. We're here because ultimately we're here to be witnesses for Jesus. And that's in our work, in our college, in our unis. And so the challenge is, when I started Spark to Life, we say we're faith-based, not faith-biased. We're in secular space. We've got to be as wise as a serpent, 
as harmless as a dove in how we, and these are scriptures, sorry if you're not familiar with the Bible verses, but these are verses in the, the Bible that basically says you've got to be very wise, you've got to be very gentle. But ultimately, I remember when the police approached me in 2006 and they said to me, could you share your story in schools? And this is when knife crime in gangs was like a, a sexy term and, and a lot of people across the sector, it was kind of a new thing. And I remember sitting there with a police officer in South London saying to them, I'm happy to do this, but there's one thing. I'll only do it if you allow me to share that the reason my life changed was because of Jesus. He thought about it, he reflected, and he said, yeah, okay. And I remember standing in assemblies of hundreds of people, 200, 300, the police would be there, leads in youth safety would be there, head teachers would be there, and I'd literally share my story and I'll talk about, I realized I went to church, I heard the message of Jesus Christ, which was about forgiving us of our sins, and I'll explain what sins is about doing wrong, and I realized I'd done wrong, and I remember accepting Jesus, and I'd say to them, and I went through this, I'd literally tell them, God forgive me, come into my life, etc. So I'm literally preaching the whole gospel. The only thing I didn't do, and many times I felt tempted, was to do an altar call. Does anyone want to accept Jesus right now? Can you imagine the police officer and the teachers at the back? But I knew I had to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as that. And what was interesting, more often than not, you say, has anyone got any questions? And there'd always be that young person. And they'll say, when you was in prison, did you drop the soap? For those that get it, you understand it, and I'll have to challenge them. <laughs> and then, but you'd also get that other individual that would say, can you tell us about when you went church? What happened? Now you've got an entry point to talk more about Jesus and about the love of God. And I say this really because it's, it's been contextually and culturally relevant in a space and in a time where, do you know what, God wants to touch lives and people are so hungry spiritually for this truth. We're going to go to the slide four. And it talks here about when Paul, so we talked about Peter and John, that's about Paul. And these are Jesus' acts where literally Jesus speaks into the church. You've got to remember the irony here is, is that Paul persecuted the church. Paul was a Pharisee. And here he is, now converted, and for those who haven't read it, read Acts, a Damascus Road experience, radically converted to Jesus, somebody who would go into homes, arrest people, put them in prison, sanction somebody being stoned to death. So in many ways, he was a murderer or he was complicit with murder and the church were petrified of him. He got a radical conversion and now he's preaching to the very people he used to walk with and is actually saying, no, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And he's in this situation where he's been arrested and the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and he said, take courage. Everyone say, take courage. Take courage, he says. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now, Paul was a preacher. That was his call. And what I want to say to you here today, we're not all called to be Paul. See, Paul was called out. It's interesting. We look at Galatians, the, the book in the Bible. It, Paul sounds very arrogant because he says, me, Paul, not called of man, nor by the will of man, but by the will of God. And you kind of think, well, you're arrogant. You're confident, aren't you? But he knew who he was and what he was called to do. 
Here's a question. Do we know who we are and what we're called to do? So we're not called to be like Paul, but we are called to be witnesses. See, there's difference from being a preacher and a teacher because that may be a call according to Ephesians 4.11 where God has given certain gifts and offices within the church to be able to carry out, but we are all called to be witnesses. And a witness will say, I saw this, I heard it, and this is what I'm going to tell you. But if we're not a witness of what we have seen and heard, I remember one time many years ago, and I've got to be careful because I'm a Pentecostal preacher, 25 minutes for me is an intro. <laughs> I'm going to land at some point. But I remember many years ago, I was in a, my own area. I went out to, does anyone remember Blockbusters? Showing your age, showing your time. Come on, I see something real. You're scratching your head. You need to put your hand up. You remember Blockbusters. <laughs> and I remember going to get a video. And as I was on my way there, literally, this car went skidding down the road, slammed on its brakes, put it in reverse, and reversed right back, smashed into this other car. When it smashed into this other car, the other guy came out of the car with a hammer. We're trying to hit that car. It's a bit graphic. Do you got me? The children have gone out, so you're all right. Tried to hit the other car. I remember standing there thinking, what is this? It's like I was in a film. It was chaos. And, you know, people are shouting. There's glass smashing. Then they all drove off, and the police came a little while after, etc., etc. Now, I didn't go home and say at that point, yeah, I just went to Blockbusters. It was all right. It was a bit of an accident. I literally ran in my house after and said, you never guess what I had seen. And I said, this guy, he slammed on his brakes, he reversed, he smashed into this car, this other guy came out, put on, got a hammer sight, hit in the other car, and it was all chaos. Because it was extreme, it was impactive. It challenged what was going on in my world at that time. I was a witness. Some of you are thinking, did you tell the police? Did you explain what happened? I know some of you are thinking that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, if something impacts your world, you'll talk about it. If it doesn't impact your world, you don't talk about it. Like if I said to you, did you tell people what time you went to bed last night? That's boring. You don't come in and say, guess what I had for dinner yesterday? Because it doesn't impact your world. The question is, when something impacts your world, you can't keep quiet. You've got to talk about it. You become a witness of what you've seen and what you've heard. And here you have Paul who has seen and he has heard a lot, but God's saying to him, for you to continue to be a witness, for you to continue to be a preacher, for you to continue to do what God has called you to do, you need courage. Because guess what? There's going to be opposition. People may want to shout you down. People may not accept you. People may say you're a bit crazy. People may say bad things about you. People may disconnect on your social media because no longer are they going to follow you. You're not going to get the likes that you maybe wanted. But the truth is... Compared to what Paul went through, we're not going to get thrown in prison. We're not going to get beaten. We're not going to get whipped. And so the truth for us today is, are we willing to be a witness? And as I come to my final scriptures, if we can put on the, 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 the last slide. So some of us here today, publicly, we may need that courage to talk about Jesus. The truth is, many of us are not going to face danger doing that, to be a witness. But we may find and we may face difficulty. 
We may have a level of fear that's within ourselves. And often I find fear is when I focus more on me and less about him. It's what I can do, not what he can do. It's who I am, not who he is. But if I focus on who he is and what he can do, and I'm a vessel, and make it less about me and more about him, and say, God, I need your spirit. Because ultimately, if I was to couch this message in this today, it's about being able to be a witness for Jesus. And Francis of Assisi says this, he says, preach the gospel at all times, but use words if necessary. Some of us may be in jobs and in roles where actually, it's just how we treat people. It's how we love on people, it's how we encourage people. It's how we stand for what is right. It's our integrity. It's our ethical leadership. It's how we manage a disciplinary. It's how we deal with someone who came in and was very rude and very disrespectful, but we didn't fight fire with fire. All of that is about how we bring the kingdom in our actual workplaces, in our colleges, in our unis, in our homes. Because the Bible talks about that when they see your good works, they will glorify your Father in heaven. There'll be a point when they'll say, why do you act the way you act? Why do you do the things you do? It's because of Jesus. See, that's an entry. Now you can talk about the witness. You can say, this is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. And so it's not about us tomorrow when you get up, putting your Bible under your arm, or getting it ready on your phone, and say, as soon as I see someone, that's it. I'm going to hit them with it. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's literally being you, but asking yourself, and this is where it, 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 it's different to everybody in this room. What God will challenge me with may be different to what God will challenge you with. And that's the power of God's kingdom, the power of who God is. But what I would say is, what is God challenging you with concerning being a witness? Is God saying, I want you to step into that arena? Because when God speaks, remember we talked about Acts? where Jesus acts is when he's speaking, and you see it in the book of Acts specifically, where even though Jesus has died and rose again, he's still speaking into the church. And what that means is, God is speaking now to some people concerning what is he asking you to step into. And as we come to land on Rascal, we're gonna pray. And there's two things really that I wanna pray for today. Maybe there's people here actually and you need that courage. You've journeyed around church, you've questioned, you've tried to intellectualize the Bible, the theology, the reality. And as much as you may say you have a knowledge of God, but you know, I have a knowledge, and I always use this illustration, it's getting a bit old, but you'll flow with me because you all know it, regardless of what age or generation you're in. If I was to see David Beckham, I know a lot about him because I've read a lot, not because I kind of stalk him, just don't get it twisted, I'm just mean, you know, you see it all in the news and whatnot. But if I said to him, hey, David, and he turned round and he saw me, he'd probably think, who are you? See, just because you know about someone doesn't mean you know them. Big difference. But you see, you could be that kind of Christian. You know about church. You know about Christianity. But do you know him? Do you have that relationship? And maybe there's people here today, you need a bit of courage just to stand in your humanity and say, look, I want to respond to knowing Jesus personally today. 
And there's others here and you're thinking, do you know what? I feel God even through the worship or even now you're feeling that sense, I know God's calling me to be a witness. There's areas that I have influence in or areas I have space in where I can speak, I can share. But I need courage because I feel slightly nervous. I feel anxious. I'm not sure if people are going to think I'm weird. People may not like me anymore. And it's at that point I really believe we need the Holy Spirit because we can't do it. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit. So Al, do you want to come up with me? We're going to pray. And maybe that's you this morning. And you're saying, yeah, I'd love to accept Jesus in my life. I'd love to take that step. And we're talking about courage. And the interesting thing about courage is you've got to face your fears. So as we pray and the worship team comes up, we've probably got about another five or ten minutes before the service ends. It's an opportunity for God by his spirit to impact your world, your space. Beyond the Sunday, Sunday's fantastic. We come together, we get encouraged, we get inspired. But I'm thinking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. This world needs a savior. This world needs healing and wholeness. And guess what? It's you and me. We are the agents of change. We are the disciples. We are the men and women of God that have been called in acts to bring that change. Let's stand as we stand this morning. So maybe just for a moment, just every eye closed, just in the stillness of your space, you know what God is or isn't saying to you right now. And it's, it's not to create anything but simply the Spirit of God. So Father, I'm going to, just before I pray, I'm going to pray that God by His Spirit will just touch some hearts and minds. And it's an opportunity, two types of responses. One is if you're here and you're saying, yes, I want to accept Jesus into my life, I'm going to encourage you to come forward. And if you're here and you're saying, you know, I really feel touched this morning concerning being a witness of what I've seen and heard, then again, I want you to come forward. And if those that are part of the prayer team, the leadership, if you can come before others come just so that they're ready to receive someone. So Father, this morning, as we just bring everything to you and we realize and recognize that God Almighty is not who we are, it's who you are. It's only by your grace. We thank you that your amazing grace says, regardless of what you've done in your life, if you confess me as your Lord and Savior, you'll be forgiven. And so Father, right now by your Spirit, I pray that you will just begin to touch hearts and minds of those that have been searching, have been questioning, but today they feel today is a day of salvation. And there's others here, Lord, that are believers in you and, and, and they have a heart and a desire to honor you, but they need that courage to step in to what you have called them to. So again, Lord, from the front to the back, the left to the right, we ask your Holy Spirit, even now, begin to move on hearts. And as each step someone takes as they respond, let it be a step of faith that the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And freedom will come in Jesus' name over their lives as they take that step, and they will be courageous for you. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.